episode eight. <laughs> we didn't put our uh, Roman numerals up or t- tally marks, rather. Mm. Yeah, not yet. Considering we're wearing the same clothes, so it's the same days. But with the magic of editing. I don't. I don't think we need. To. No, maybe not. Better things to do with the time. And so. And so. So we talked a lot about your uh, latest pain body in the previous episode. We didn't really dive into mine, which is uh, a uh, feeling disempowered. And uh, it's super obvious that that, you know, stems from childhood, you know, especially ages zero to seven, because I never felt, you know, that I, well, I never felt that I could, you know, talk about anything to to my parents. Never felt that my uh, opinion was important or mattered. And, uh, yeah, that that kind of rooted its way into my into my psyche, and you know, never really left. And uh, you know, even even to this day, it's still. I just, I guess, I didn't realize until a couple of days ago when we had that that talk that, oh my gosh, I just subconsciously identify as a disempowered person. That that's just. Oh, that's just who I am. And, uh, you know, ever since I, I had to say, I realized that you, you helped me come to that. <laughs> um, it's been, it's been wildly different. How so? Um, I, I don't walk around with that. I say victim mentality. It's, that's kind of I'm not sure I can do better than that that term, but that's that's not exactly it, but we'll just go with that victim mentality of I don't have any control and I'm at the whim of whoever and whatever it is you, my mother, the boss. The the children, I'm sure any anybody. Um, but I don't, I don't feel that right now, or at least in the last few days. Every now and then there will be this little, almost like a whiff of it, and I'm like, oh, look at that. Hello, old friend. Not today. Yeah, I think it will always come up. Yeah. I don't know if it'll ever be completely gone, but it's uh it's not like ever present like this pro- program running in the background that like it used to be. I guess in me specifically uh my particular flavor was uh I mean I was I was I felt disempowered in in almost every interaction with everybody. Um, I never felt like I had, I never felt like I had a right 
to to have an opinion. I never felt like I had a right to um, <clears throat> negotiate or 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 say what I wanted, let alone get what I wanted. And of course, that would breed, you know, resentment toward toward anyone involved, whether that's you or whether that's business partners in the past or or whatever. Um, but uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, disempowerment toward toward women. Um, do you actually agree with that? I know that is. I know no, I yeah, I, abs- I absolutely you. do. You said that, and I'm like, oh, that's it. That's it. That is absolutely it. That's like, and it's oh my gosh, it's so obvious now. It's like oh my gosh, there's no better label than that to to put on it because that just when I look at it through that lens, everything makes so much sense. I can I can look at like so much in my life and and go oh this this all makes makes sense now why i felt this way why I behaved that way whatever um yeah do you, do you want to uh, in the previous episode i think we touched on like how we get started I don't know, you know, some people might not listen to the previous episode. Do you want to? I guess we talked about this a bit before, but um, I grew up in a rather fundamentalist, strict household. And my mother in particular was uh, overbearing and controlling. And I I just never felt like I could... um, Certainly couldn't, you know, disagree or go against whatever rules she had set. Um, Maybe a little sidebar here. I guess I saw my father disempowered in that same way through her. And I don't, I don't know how he was before that because I didn't, wasn't born yet. But, um, but what I saw in their relationship was she was very obviously the controlling one and he would go along with whatever whatever it is um and so that was my you know role model of what a what a man is um so i'm sure to some degree that really influenced you know me and in what what it what it what the role of a a husband or a partner in the male partner in a relationship is you know because i had nothing else i had nothing else to go on um do you think that was actually the origin of disempowerment or do you think that was just an evidence that you saw um was that the origin of his no yours Oh, I don't know. I don't think I don't think seeing him in that was was the origin of mine. I think it's more of my relationship with my mother that was the origin of mine. Yeah, but what yeah. I'm, what I'm trying to say is the origin of yours was the relationship with your mother. And then the way it works out is then 
in your life, you'll seek evidence of that being so in everything around your life. And then you've oh. seen your father as a disempowered man was your way of drawing evidence into disempowerment, how a man could be disempowered. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. The, yeah, tr yeah, the, tr the truth is you don't actually know what the relationship of your father yes, was that, with your yes, mother. That is true. I don't, I, yes, I don't actually know. But now thinking back on it, appears that it was he was coming from a disempowered state at least some of the time no you saw him coming from a disempowered state your evidential drawing of his position in the household was from the only lens that you were looking at which is a man who is disempowered i'm not saying then, he was and he was not then or now or both i mean then i don't know what he does now you already felt disempowered. That was your pain right. body. That was your and, karmic and without, life. Without the conscious idea of that, that was just sort of a subconscious thing. I wasn't, oh, I'm disempowered. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, but then whenever you, whenever we set up that lifelong fulfillment of a karmic cycle to live through, that pain body to uncover, we will see everything and and live our life through for everything and through everything as as that as that reflection we only see things to validate or disvalidate that so what i'm saying is you don't actually know whether or not your father felt disempowered right right no it was I, your pain body right no i didn't want to yes i don't want to say that he is or he what was or was not to me, it seemed like that. Because it was evidence that men could be disempowered. Sure, yeah. Or or there is such thing as disempowerment. Right. And, you know, there's probably some sort of like, it's the same person doing it. My mother's, you know, quote, doing it. You know, I don't know, that's a, that's probably not the right way to, that isn't even how I look at it. I am letting this happen to me. Is, is more of how I look at it now. I was, you know, letting this happen. I, you know, she wasn't disempowering me. I was disempowering myself to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that that has been like the story of my life, it feels like. Yeah, but so from the larger standpoint, it's the truth that you came here to discover or the truth you came here to live. Right. Until an active decision of awareness. Awareness and not living that. Yeah. As your truth. And if we hadn't talked about it just the other day, you know, I'd still be sitting here, you know, unconsciously feeling the same way. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's gone. No, I don't know that it's gone. It's, but it's, I'm aware of it. And it's not, running the show. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so like from that standpoint, I wanted to extrapolate of how that looks like once somebody 
has ever so everybody has this karmic cycle, a karmic life or a pain body that they set in at the core is like their their thing. And you know, it draws in there's others, right? And whatever. But if there's like this big one, I don't know, can I judge to say one's big and one's small? They're all they're all very significant at, at forming our life. But once you set one in, like in your case, it's I'm disempowered, you know, a disempowered man against women. And like the from the previous episode, example, like for my dad, I am, uh, I don't know what his particular nuance is, but let's say I am a abandoned son by a father, unwanted, unabandoned. And then like from, from mine, the one we talked about last episode was like, I'm, uh, What's the word that you used? Like at the core, it was uh, utterly unsafe or at the core unsafe. Yeah. Whatever that is, right? And so I'm not saying that's the only one, but if you can identify right. one yeah. that is big. Yeah, yeah. Then That goes a long way. Well, then, no, you you, you can start to see how all of your relationships or how all of your actions tie back into either proving or disproving or allowing that to come up or or you failing to allow it to come up and then run with that. Right. Everything is there as an opportunity to uncover, discover it, and see it for what it is as opposed to the game that you're choosing to play with it. Yeah. And uh, to to me... You know that that would also present itself, and you know that I didn't. I felt un unlovable, not necessarily unloved, but unlovable, like you know, fundamentally damaged and stuff. And that's all. Now I can see how all that is really interconnected. That um, I don't know. It it <laughs> it's almost hard to articulate, but it makes it's it makes a lot of sense to me right now. Um, I don't know if like just personal examples of, of this. Yeah. I think so. Um, I guess, and this is going to tie into like, we talked about like attachment issues, but one of the ways that this really presented in me was that like I, I, I guess there's the different attachment styles from the psychological attachment theory perspective. There's, you know, securely attached where, um, it, which is the, the healthy, healthy one where, you know, two people have a healthy relationship, but they're not, you know, dependent on, on each other in an unhealthy way. And there's insecure attachment, which has a couple of different flavors. Um, uh, there's, oh, I'm trying to remember the names of them. There's the there's the one where, if okay, if if two people, if 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 we as as a married couple in a relationship have some some issue between us that causes a a gap. Let's say there's there's some sort of gap between us. You know, some sort of there's something between us, like a fight or an argument or an issue or whatever. There's the type of uh, insecure attachment where, oh, I, I want to I want to widen this gap because otherwise I feel smothered. 
And there's a type that's, I need to close this gap because I feel like I'm losing you. And I was that one. Whenever there was a gap, I had to close it. Um, I think this, this kind of ties in to the disempowerment in that I, I guess I saw, I didn't see me as my own self. I saw me as half of us more than, more than my own self, which is like really weird now that I think about it. And I'm like, I don't know when that would have started. Um, and I don't know that I did that with previous girlfriends. And I don't, I don't know that I'd ever done that with anyone else, but I did it with you. I like merged myself into the, into the us. I was, I wasn't me. I was half of, half of us. Um, and, uh, the, the danger of being there uh, above and beyond, you know, you are, everyone is their own self is that, uh, things that threaten the relationship threaten, threaten you than me existentially. Um, so I, I had to close this gap or else I would lose myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, when, uh, when you, when you told me about the affair, it, the, I mean, that would be hard for anyone to hear, but it destroyed me so much and for so long because I just, I just lost myself. I'm just like, I don't, I don't even know who I am anymore, which is like a weird response to somebody else's actions. And uh, out of that, I did gain some self-identity in that, oh, I am myself too, right? Yes, I am half of half of us, yes, but that's not, I, I stopped identifying with that. And I, I'm like, oh, I am my own person and you are your own person. And yes, there's that third entity of the relationship, but that's not me. That was a, that was a big, a big revelation that took a long time to get to, a long, painful time to get to. But, uh, um, but that is a very disempowered place to be, is I'm not myself, I'm half of, half of this. I'm not, you know, you could extend that. I'm not myself. I'm, I'm an employee in this company. I'm not myself. I'm, you know, a, uh, I'm a father. I'm a this, you know, you are all those things. Those are, let me reword that. Those are attributes of you, but you know, maybe I, I wouldn't say that you are those things. Those are, those are things that you do, the things that you partake in and activities that you you do and and uh and labels but those are not you you are your own self 
And if you identify as, I am, I am a good employee for this company, or I am half of this relationship, or, or whatever, if you identify with that, especially if you identify with that more so than I am my own person, who is choosing to, you know, go through, have these experiences in life of, um, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I, a pet owner is the wrong word, pet caretaker, um, employee, whatever. Uh, if you identify with them, it's, it is a very disempowering state of mind. And it sounds, I, I know it can sound subtle and almost insignificant, like, well, what's the difference if you think about it this way versus that way? But I think it does matter. I think there's a, for me, there was a big shift in stopping to identify, stopping identifying myself as part of this, part of that. And instead, I am my own self who does these things, who participates in these things, but I am my own self. That was, that was a, a important first step. Now, all that happened before any sort of realization that I really do feel disempowered. But I can't help but see that as really connected. Well, I think to begin with, in order for you to draw any kind of awareness, you have to leave the outside construct of of really like she's twitching her her tail in a really strange way. Um, outside construct of you know these perceptions or attachments to something else. Do you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. basically, what happens is is when you have a pain body, a large trauma, a karmic, karmic thing that you're trying to process, right? Um, to begin with, you will, instead of looking in and starting to draw awareness from within, you will go out and you will design a construct of everything around you that, that technically distracts you from, from your truth. Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to, right? The reason why you went into us, because it was a distraction to keep you away from going into yourself. Yes. No, I can see that now right? too. So I think it, it just comes down to that is like, before you can start drawing awareness of your true core, of your true within, you have to draw in. Yeah. and Into I your center. And I, I Why are you so upset? Go ahead. Just fold your tail. And I would never, I would never have done that. I mean, at, at at any point before a couple of years ago, that would have never crossed my mind to do that. No, but it's almost like a requiring. Like I can I cannot say that you can start to go within until you realize that you're going outside. Yeah. No, I mean that's true. It's yeah. Right. Yeah. You you have like created all these artificial definition of self. To keep you away from your right. own core, and it—it, it, I mean, it feels real. It all felt so real, so like 
I mean, growing up, having that imprinted, it becomes, how could it be any other way? Mm-hmm. And it, it, never, it would never occur to you that it could be any other way. Until you, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I didn't think of myself as particularly enlightened, but I didn't think of myself as particularly unenlightened either. It was just kind of like, right. right. Now we, would, we would argue now that. Like, I'm joking. I'll, I'll, I'll zoom in on your face for that. <laughs> now, the, the. <laughs> no, yeah, I, maybe, maybe I can present a different way to look at it. With with you, it's and I think with every, it's the same thing with everyone, baby. But with you, I don't know if you looked at it this way or not. Your your idea, so this insecure attachment that you talk about in this definition, where you're seeing yourself um, as someone else, like as like you saw yourself. Yeah, well, I don't a, I don't know that that's the clinical part of insecure attachment, but that was. Insecure attachment is the closing the gap. But I, above and beyond that, I identified as half of the relationship more so than I identified as my own self. Yeah. The relationship was the primary entity in my life and everything was was in service to that, right? And that doesn't mean that I did a good job of it. But the, you know... In as much as I, I would, if you were in a bad mood, then I would be in a bad mood. It didn't even necessarily flow the other way. But like, if you were in a bad mood, something's wrong and I've got to do something about it to fix that. That is my job. Is that my job? No, not really. I can maybe try to help, but people are allowed to be in bad moods. There's nothing wrong with that. Um... So anything that I perceived as a problem in the relationship was the most important thing in the world. Because your identity is wrapped in Because that. my identity was wrapped up in that. Yeah. But I think here's I think here's where it came from. And correct me if I'm wrong. But if somebody is in the point where they don't even know themselves, right? Like one, you 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 don't have emotional capacity, right? Right. You don't have self-esteem. You're disempowered. But at the same time, you're living in the idea that you want love and you want secure attachment and you want recognition and you want to be loved and acknowledged and seen, right? Like innate human nature is that is what you want out of a relationship, regardless of it being your wife or your mother or your friends. That is what you're... In, in 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 truth, that is what we all want and seek. Right, but that was of utmost importance to me because I just didn't feel it otherwise. Yeah. I didn't feel it from within myself. So I was out there trying to get it from you. Yeah, no, but you say from me, but the truth is anytime you're starting as a teenager, that kind of falls back, right? or even child starting a relationship from the point of disempowerment i'm one you don't even know what loving yourself is but i just don't feel loved and the only time i do feel loved is when i seek out and my mother gives it to me or i seek out and my friend gives it to me right you 
you do not know how to go within. So your attachment to the things that will satisfy you is external. You go outside, you don't, you don't know what self-love is, right? You, you do not know what feeling empowered is and therefore loving yourself is. That's just not something that you can comprehend as right. a child it's or a teenager. Literally not in, was not in my vocabulary. Yeah. And so if you don't have that, when you start your life, when you're a teenager and you're in your early 20s and you're starting to date and you're starting to have relationships, you because you still want that, but you don't realize that it is something you have to first gain inside of you before you... <laughs> I mean, it's never something you see you seek from outside. No one is ever told that this is something that you don't seek from outside. Right. They're like, who, they're who is ever, right? When I said that, when I started to say this to you like three or four years ago, you thought I was crazy. It makes no sense. It makes no sense because I have, I have always gotten my validation, let's call it what it is, validation from externally, from the world. From you, from parents, from friends, from from the job, from the boss, or you know, it wasn't you know. Some people get it from you know the the house they have or the car they drive or you know the friend group that they hang with. The friend group that they hang with, you know, yeah. Be, different people get it from different external things, you know. Mine happened to be like you primarily, at least you know, second half of my life. Well, the important because the important thing to you was to feel seen, feel loved, acknowledged, and validated. That were those yes. were your four points of importance. Yes, yes. And then, right? Any, because you don't that, have emotional because you don't have emotional maturity to go. Oh, I just don't feel that at the core of my being. Right. No, I didn't realize that. I just, it, yeah, there was no oh. It was certainly not that explicit of, oh, I don't feel loved or validated or seen. It but, wasn't. But it was that. It, was that. Oh, it absolutely was that. But I was not conscious of it being that. I was just conscious of, oh, it feels bad sometimes without realizing it's the sometimes that I don't get that. And it feels good other times without realizing it is the times that I, I do get that. And I would kind of, I could kind of feel it in as much as I'm going to try to craft and maybe manipulate is a better word situations so that I will get that out of out of all my relationships, out of you, out of work, out of out of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And but and it was it was weird because it wasn't really this conscious, you know twist your mustache, manipulation, yeah, I'm going to do this and that. It was just like, oh, like almost like this subtle, unconscious, subconscious, moving things into, into places where they tended to work out in ways that would deliver those things to me. Yeah. Yeah, but, but that subconscious is moving things because it's in pain. Sure. And it's trying to not feel the pain. Or like right. your subconscious is trying to bring the pain up. Your deep level of higher self yes. is trying to bring it that is. up to the yeah. surface. But the subconscious that is refusing to feel the pain is trying to block that off. Right. And 
and then instead fill that hole with what you think will fill that hole. Right. I think we talked about this before. That's I I felt a at, at one point I realized I feel an emotional hole inside of me and I am trying to use our relationship and love and sex to fill that hole. I, at some point I realized that. Later I realized those things will never fill that hole. I can I can shovel that in all day every day and it feels nice temporarily. Well, because you have developed the neurological pathways to fire right. when you receive that stimuli. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't fill that hole. What? It's, it's like a, a fake, it's like a temporary like a band it's a temporary band-aid over that hole. Yeah. But it it certainly doesn't fill it. Well, it's it's the same. It's it's not as simple as it is for you, but maybe at times it is. It's like feeling like shit and then reaching for a cookie, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, like I feel like shit, but instead of me going and identifying it, guess what? Sugar. A cookie will numb it for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sugar delivers or, that stimuli. Or alcohol or heroin or whatever it happens to or be. Or sex. Or sex, yeah. 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 Or attention seeking. Yeah. Or, something, something pacifies it temporarily, mm-hmm. but it certainly doesn't fill it in any sort of meaningful, lasting sense. Yeah. It help you get through the day, <laughs> maybe. But Yeah, but that that's the truth of functionality prior to awareness, is every day yeah. is just like, how can I get through yeah. today? Right, but that, and, and that's, that's where, at least one of the places where addictions come from is, oh, you become dependent on, oh, this is the only way I can get through the day is to have another drink mm. or whatever it happens, whatever your yeah. flavor happens to be. Yeah, it's it's almost like you're living on some sort of time clock of today. I feel like yeah. shit, but how can I fulfill it, fill it in today? Yeah. And I feel like shit, <clears throat> guess what? I still feel like shit tomorrow because that thing yesterday didn't work. Right. How can I fill it in today? Maybe maybe another drink, maybe a little bit more. Or maybe a different thing because sooner or yeah. later the last thing is is yeah. no longer working because right. your levels have risen right. that, so that's far. Another, that's another thing is that it would become, I mean, it, in the same vein as that whole, you know, I could shovel it in all day, every day and not fill it, it becomes insatiable. Mm-hmm. I cannot, I literally cannot get enough love from you. I literally cannot have enough sex. I literally cannot get enough attention. Always more. I could, you know, give me attention all day, not enough. Which, Which makes, makes no sense. sense. Do you remember how I would but, flip out when I tell you, like, I don't think this is how it, well, like, I would tell you, like, this is, this is not healthy. And you like, you, because you did not know any other way to right. live, to you, it was like, what do you mean? Like, do you know right. what I mean? It was like, inconceivable uh, it's, it's, yeah. that this is unhealthy. It's the addict having his, his fix taken away from him. Because I, I knew no other way. Well, it feels like it's the end of the world. Because literally the essence of you surviving, like to you, this is survival. Yeah, no, it it feels like, it it absolutely feels existential. Yeah. This is, I will not exist if I don't get this. Yeah. It feels literally like that. Yeah. I am not exaggerating in the least. Yeah. The pain body is so deep and it's ingrained into the essence of your core. And if you don't recognize it and don't see it for what it is, the extrapolation of fulfilling that pain body out and how you satisfy that those external things are there as super important actions 
or or things or possessions or materialisms or beliefs that hold the core what you think is you or your desires or your wants, but in fact are there to act as a barrier away from you seeing past right past those blocks. And those become the attachments in the and more not in the psychological sense, but in like the Buddhist sense of attachments. Mm-hmm. Things that you hold on to that you can't can't let go of. And they're not necessarily physical things, you know, I'm attached to this cup, I'm attached to this car, I'm attached to this marriage, I'm attached to my child, job, house, whatever. You know, okay, I give up this cup, that's easy. Can I give up my child? Oh, I'm too, I'm too attached. Right? The, uh, the, the, I'm going to butcher it, but the Buddha said something along the line of that desire and attachment is the cause of all human suffering. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have something, things you're attached to, nothing can be taken away that's going to really break you in, in the way that, that like, uh, I got broken after the, uh, uh, affair thing. Do you, do you interpret that the right way or the wrong way though? I think people misinterpret that statement. Elaborate on the right and wrong way. <laughs> I, I, at some point, whenever I started my spiritual journey, oh, there you go, it was A Course of Miracles. I started reading A Course of Miracles. I know it's a controversial subject. But, but at some point, I brought up to you that at some point, like, you don't have attachments or desires. Like well, some- yeah, well, attachment was one thing and desires is the other thing. Yeah, but it's the same thing. Which are, yeah, they're closely related. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you, we, I actually, this is prior to you even partaking on the road of awareness. And this was like one of my, I have been on the road by force, but this was one of like the more deeper books that I have started to touch on. Because to begin with, I kind of like went a weird route, like into like, oh, wait, I have these extrasensory perceptions. So so I started going, okay, well, the only way I can think about it, like I came up with a definition of a psychic. I'm like, well, let me read all these psychic books. And so I started with the psychic. I'm getting uh, deviated from the topic. but And then Course of Miracles was one of the first books that I started to read that like touched on. Picked a dense one to start with. <laughs> no, no, no. I I had all the other ones. Remember, it was like the like basics of being a psychic or basic oh, understanding. Yeah, yeah. Like you read that's, that that's, one. That's, too. that's really approachable. Yeah, that was like a first. Maybe you could flash this on the screen. I know this is gonna um, create more work for you. But that was like one of the first books that I read, and it was like this introduction. It's just enough to understand that. Wait, because I started this not as a spiritual person on the spiritual journey of self-awakening i started this on the journey of like oh my gosh i'm starting to experience all these weird things that are not explainable by science what is happening to me yeah and i was just running scared and like i need explanation i need explanation and the only thing that offered explanation were to begin with these books i'm like maybe this is what you are maybe this is this could explain and they were great yeah and so at some point, the Course of Miracles talked about releasing of these attachments. Or actually, in, in no fighting, guys. See, that's why we need two poofs. Because now the poofs are occupied. 
I know. The cat, cat, cat troubles. <laughs> They're two black cats. I love that that's obvious. <laughs> There's the one, one it looks the, like it's just the same black cat. One of them is senile and dying, and the other one is Happens to be twice the size of the other. Oh, she's upset. She's <laughs> upset. Someone's getting love. Well, but that she has the poof. I know. Okay. It's two, two girlies. Anyway, and so the Course of Miracles, one of the things that it brought up, and which is what I brought up to you, because to me it was so revolutionary, was that upon the letting go of things, the goal is not to be happy. I think that was one of the things. It was a Course of Miracles, I remember. I could, I, I could butcher this, and so maybe that's the wrong book. But one of the things that I read that was kind of resonated with me was the goal of life was not to be happy to the most happiest point possible. Do, do you remember this? Is this the, the thing you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. And then you just flipped out because to you, your entire point of life was to be as happy as possible. Yes, to maximize happiness. Because, but because you weren't happy at all. Uh, yes. And my, um, my, I, I, I viewed life as this like, almost like a wave of like, there's peaks when you're happy and there's like troughs when you're- Depressed. Depressed. In your case. In my case, literally depressed, but you know, you could just generalize it to unhappy. And you know, the goal of my life was to get the peaks as high as possible because the, the, the troughs were unavoidable. They're gonna be there. Um, Is that what you thought? Yeah, I think that's what I thought. I mean, if you can, anything to to raise that line, but above and beyond that to, because the the peaks in my life were so peaky that it was just like, how can I, how can I recreate this? If not recreate this event, how can I recreate this feeling? And uh, and so it was like, oh, there are these like, you know, highlight reels. It's like a highlight reel of, I want more of this, I want more of that, I want more of this, I want more of that, and I want less of this and less of this and less of this. Attachments so it was and a chase. And it was a chase of, of this. And uh, what I guess the, the book was saying, correct me if I'm wrong, was instead flatten that, that wave and at the same time maybe, maybe raise it. Yeah, I think what the book was actually saying was that the 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 the, the weight the, the whole thing would flatten, right? And then what I was trying to say was that, and then as that happens, then it would just naturally be flat, but at a higher level of happiness yes. than you perceived before. Yeah. But to but. The only thing you interpreted at that time, because you were in such a I'm, lack, I'm losing my peaks. Yeah, your peaks are yeah. gone. So the the idea that something can be flat and still be amazing at all times was not even an option. That was no, not something was, that you could I, see or comprehend. I could not comprehend it. And so you lived in these ups and downs so much. Yeah, and it was it was maybe not, you know, clinically bipolar, but. <laughs> Like you I don't know, think it's bipolar. A, a, but in in that vein of like, my good days were great and my bad days were awful. Oh, it's because you were you know always chasing something. Yeah. And then when you were low, you never took time to understand why you were low. Right. And I never took time to understand why I was 
you know, high. Well, the high, high, you had enough of those whole filling stimuli to make you pretend like you were high. You were never honestly, truly high. Yes, yes. It was, it was all it was fake it was high. Ex- externally happy, happy yeah, 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 from yeah. external whatever. Yeah. Yes, yes. So the high was never a true high. It was a fake high. Yeah. And the low was just a low because the high was fake. Yeah, because whatever it was that that made me, quote unquote, happy, temporarily happy, right? was was external and superficial and temporary. Yeah, because it provided enough distractions not to feel the yeah. low. Oh, I got my, I, you know, great! I got some dopamine out of it, but it's not lasting. It's not. There's no substance to it. Yeah, because because, and this is going back to the Buddha. The attachments and desires that he talks about is those. What he doesn't say, and I don't know if Buddha talks about this or not, maybe this is just my forte, is the attachments and desires lay there from an uncovered pain body, from an uncovered trauma, from an uncovered feeling that we're not allowing ourselves to admit and process and bring to the surface so when we do process it, then we go into the state where you collapse the fake highs and the bottom lows, and you go into the sustainable place yes. of just being. Yes. But that beingness is happiness because there's nothing that is fake. Yeah, these all these things are tools to help you recognize it. Yeah, and so when yeah. he says that, people like you who cannot even perceive the fact that there's something else because you're in this chase yeah. of fixes and lows and fixes and lows and fixes and low to you to to get rid of the fix which is to get rid of this desire to get it rid was, of the it attachment was incomprehensible yeah is the end of the world because yeah. honestly to you that is the only thing that is causing you to feel alive yes that is literally the reason for living is to is to have those those peaks yeah but, right. Right. But but when you're in that space <laughs> to hear Buddha say what he's saying, it makes no sense. Well, it, you, you almost you have, think this is have, appalling. This yeah, is like it no, against, goes everything against yeah. everything you'll believe in. Yeah. But yet, it is so true. Well, only post. Only yes. Only only you know. Recently, do I do I understand it and and what it what it means and. Now I can, you know, there's still, you know, peaks and troughs, but they're not, they're very, it's much more compressed. But at the same time, that line is way up higher than it's ever been. Yeah, but the trough is only there when the pain body opens. Yeah. And you, so, and you allow it to run blindly and it, the, the low only lasts as low or as as long as you allow the unawareness of what is that that is causing you to feel like crap in that moment to run. Right. And the second you bring awareness back into it and you go, oh, look, I'm back into feeling disempowered, you automatically, by default, have that awareness to snap you out of it and go, oh, that's yeah. silly. Yeah. And and then it goes back to the honest feeling of your truth. Not the fake hole. You're, so if you're feeling low, the most obvious thing to do if you're not in awareness is to go get a cookie or to or to go get, eat, a, drink get or- a drink or to to you know whatever the addiction tendency is to fill that hole. But if you don't follow through with that addictive tendency in order to fill the hole, right? Like to to chase these peaks 
whenever the lows come, then then what you have to do is you have an opportunity to see the low for what it is, recognize, oh, I'm feeling disempowered or I'm feeling devalued. I'm feeling unloved. Yeah. And then allow that feeling to come through and flow through you. Do not run for a cookie. Yeah. Do not run for alcohol. Do not run for masturbation or sex or... I don't know, whatever else people use, right? Let yourself feel what you feel. Acknowledge that as your truth, which is perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong in acknowledging right. that as your truth. Just, just, you know, just try it once and see how it goes. No, but what, and, what's and can, the pain? Can, what's the hurt there? Right. Don't well, feel the hole to sit with it. Sit with it for a while. Cry. Yeah. I don't know. Just curl up in the blanket and feel it. Feel where, where is it coming from? What, what is it reminding you of? Something, something in the past, something in the past life, something that, right? It hurts, but why and where? Yeah. And then if you it, don't it, reach for a fix and allow it to flow, then you, you build the stamina into awareness. Not only that, but it, um, they get released. Mm -hmm. I mean, stamina, Maybe, I guess I can see that, but that almost sounds like, well, now I can just suffer through it. It's not that. Oh, no. It's not the, suffering the through it. stamina into you, awareness. Like awareness to seen through it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to where next time if something like this comes, because of the stamina of awareness, you're, you practice you're quick, of yeah, awareness. You're, you're quicker to see it. You're and, quicker and, to see and, it and, and not get that low. You you won't get it. that yeah. low. yeah, yeah. You will just see it like, right, if some, if disempowerment comes up and that's something that you're working on right now, you will not seep into depression and low if you're not going to go for a fix, right? If disempowerment comes up in the past five years ago, you would go masturbate or try to have sex or drink or, you know, whatever your, your whole feeling thing was, right? And then if that, right... But if that's not an option and you're sitting with it, you're developing stamina into recognition yeah. of it and how yeah. it feels when it comes up. And so next time it comes up, you don't have the low. You now have stamina to go, oh, look, I'm feeling that same little tingle again or same little feeling that is like causing me to feel disempowered. And then you go and go, well, what the heck? There it is again. Yeah. it's It becomes in the, in the sense that there's this, that, your, uh, you know, your their your ego self, which is you know, honestly running the show for for almost everybody, but then there's the observer self, which is the part of you that transcends the ego and transcends your three D meat sack life. It 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 just if you can connect with that. And you can observe your own thoughts and observe your own bullshit. feelings and your own bullshit. Um, it's it's not judgmental. It's not oh, this is wrong. This is this is right. It's mine is almost. It gets a bit entertained. It's like, isn't this isn't this funny? Isn't this interesting? The these uh, but not in a judgy way. It's it's weird because it sounds like that's like sarcastic and judgy, but it's not. It's like oh, well, here's this again, but. Uh, but it becomes like this, almost like this. Calling it a joke seem is 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 the wrong way to 
satirical. Yeah, but not in a judgy way. Yeah, no, I don't think it's judgy. It's just you you see yourself and you're like, oh, that's funny. I'm letting this be my truth. There you go. That's a good way to word it. Like, oh, right? Because oh, sustainably, this, it's like, really? This none again? of that's, it that's, holds how about logic. That? There's no logic behind yeah, any yeah, of it, right? right? So you cannot, if you start applying logic to it, you're just trying to avoid yourself from feeling yeah, the depth no, of it. So don't I, go do a logic thing. And I'm, I've always been a super logic-y type of person. So much so that I use words like logic-y. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Logical type of person. And uh, that was my go-to. And Did I you have, use it or did I use it? I'm huh? not, it might have been me. I specialize in creating my own words. I, uh, so I have to actually force myself to not logic through a situation. Because I, you know, that's what I always do. I would always just, you know, literally dialogue with myself in my mind. To keep yourself from feeling, though. To keep myself from feeling. Yeah. And so, still, left unchecked, that is what I will tend to do a lot of the time whenever something comes up. And I have to go, no, 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 no. Feel it first. Feel it. Mm-hmm. Let it flow. I can logic it out later if I want. But logic, if I logic it out first, I won't feel it. Mm-hmm. I will have pacified it enough and realistically suppressed it enough that mm-hmm. it's not going to come up for a while. Whereas if I feel it, I can let it up and out. And then if I still want to, I can logic it out. No, but the lo- logicking it out is still a mechanism for avoiding. Yes. It's, it's, instead of alcohol, <laughs> instead of alcohol, it's, it's logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, and, and honestly, like, think about it. This, how can someone say, oh, it's bad to logic? Right. It's like, not. You, you, no, but right. It's the wrong thing to do is to logic it. Yeah. Right. Well, like, you, I, how could you say that? Right. Yeah. I would. I don't know that I would say that, but I would say don't logic it out first. Because if you logic it out first, you will, you will rationalize it to yourself in such a way that you can, you can dismiss your feelings. Well, you could, to me, you would I, just never let the energy come through. Right. Yes. That's where, that's where I'm going. When I would logic something out, I will rationalize it and I will go, yeah, okay, well, you know, it doesn't really make sense to feel that way because of this and that. And these are the facts. And, you know, realistically, you know, so-and-so didn't mean this and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Well, you know, now I feel better and I do feel better, but the feeling was never released. The feeling is just tucked in there. There's one more, one more feeling mm-hmm. that's, that's trapped in there that was not, not let out. And, you know, whenever something else similar comes up, now you're going to feel it even more because now instead of, you know, a hundred times where you've logic it and suppressed it, now there's a hundred one. But, but that's fine. As sooner or later, that needs to open. Right. The floodgates need to open. Right. Which, which does, it does just build this pressure and build this impetus to let it out in a different way. But I would just logic it, logic it away, which would suppress it. And I would never feel it. In fact, I didn't like feeling things because oftentimes they're not pleasant. So, okay, I can just, I can just logic it away. It's gone for now. And, uh, and that's it. Whereas now I have to go, no, 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 no. Don't logic it away. Don't even think about it. If you don't think about it, stop thinking, feel it. Mm-hmm. Cry if you need to, it doesn't matter. Just feel it. And it's, it's 
amazing how quickly it'll come up and it'll go. But it's, it's, it's okay if it's not quick, though. It's okay if it's, if it's big. Not quick, uh, yeah. Like, you say quick. I, to me, like, everybody, every time everybody says quick, it takes me a long time. Some of mine are, are a minute. Yeah, and mine like, are much longer. So that's some, okay if it's some, longer. Some of mine are longer, but some of them are like, it's really intense. And then it's just like, it just like melts away. And it's like, oh, it doesn't feel like it's, there or at least not like it used to be and that's different from okay i've logic it down and it's you know suppressed right it's like the 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 you let the valve you open the valve and you let it out and you know ideally the valve just stays open i guess in this metaphor to where it's just it's just out yeah no no the, the goal is for the valve to stay open yeah so to to where you're constantly just because one there's the suppressed emotional baggage that you never processed, right? I think we have about twenty minutes. Uh, and then there is there's the stuff that is flowing through right now, like day to day. You will have things flowing, and so besides the old stuff that comes up, like the new stuff just needs to flow in and out. Yeah. Yeah. No, so if to to go back where where we left off, I don't remember. I mean, I guess it's all applicable. But the when you start a relationship, right? I think this is where we're going with this. And you're starting a relationship from that point where you need to feel power. Uh, 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 you're already feeling disempowered, but you want to feel power. You're already feeling unloved but you want to feel love. You feel devalued, but you want to feel value. And what was the other thing that, that relates to you? Control, maybe. And that's disempowerment. Um, acknowledge. Acknowledge. So you don't sure, feel acknowledged, but you, right. So if this is, if this is the game that you came to play, if this is the pain body that you came to uncover and release, yeah. you will go into all of your relationships with that nuance as yeah. as a right. like a ricochet. Yeah. Like it's you a, will I mean, try to ricochet you, that off of all of your relationships. You can say go into it with that mindset, but it isn't even subconscious. Yeah. Yes, but it isn't even a conscious thing. It is a subconscious. I am trying to. I know that this is, it's like your, your subconscious goes, I know that these are my issues. These are my pain bodies. And I'm hoping that through this person, I can get it out. Yeah. But and the truth is with that, when you, when you go into that, what you think is the opposite. You think, oh, I hope this person can deliver them to me. Right. Right. It's, it, that's the thing is it's consciously you, you think it's the opposite, but subconsciously, subconsciously, con all right. Consciously, I wanted someone to give me love and attention and affection and, and, and all that. Subconsciously, what I needed was to realize that I don't need to get these things externally. I have these things inside already. No, but to begin with, what you needed to realize is I don't feel those things, period, on my yeah. own. Yeah, that, that's the stepping stone to get there, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, instead of seeking that from outside source, seeking validation, seeking love, seeking um, 
feeling of being power empowered from someone else like the step back is what what am i trying to what i'm trying to gain in this relationship is usually most likely the thing that I'm actually missing, like feel like missing on the inside. Yeah. And then the da, 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 the truth is because I don't feel that on the inside on my own. Right. In a very Jungian shadow projection sense, the things that you don't, don't like about yourself or feel that you're missing get projected out onto that relationship. Yeah. And it's it's so subtle and nuanced that it's it's uh, I find it amazing. Yeah, and I don't remember if I brought this up in the podcast, but I I know I have brought it up to you many times now that you know the relationship with you with that being that you're trying to receive those things out of is dishonest, not maliciously, but like subconsciously, right? If if I feel completely unsafe at my core and my karmic life with you, my pain body life with you is to somehow prove to me that all people make me feel unsafe and there's no safety in the world or right to bring up the fact that I don't feel safe, right? My relationship with you is starting from the wrong foot, on the wrong foot. Right. And you're going to succeed in... Proving to yourself that. Yeah, right. I pick someone who who can showcase that to me, but then at the same time, I will spend a lifetime being hurt by that being for proving that to me. Do you see what I mean? Right. I chose you because I knew that you were going to fail to offer me safety, so then I can be angry at you for not offering me safety. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, diabolical, that doesn't even make any sense, but that's what that karmic cycle is, is recognition that you went into this relationship with this as the goal because you don't have that at the core. And then, you know, it took me until a couple of days ago to recognize that I am trying to fulfill my my own prophecy within you. Right. I mean, the same thing for me with just replace safety with disempowerment and it's the, literally the same thing yeah right and I, I want to point this out because I think it's extremely applicable the way that game plays out is subconsciously like on a higher level of self I know you will be the type of person that is not able to offer me safety right like somehow when I meet you I already know that right and when I'm actively choosing to stay with you and be in this circle of where I'm constantly being threatened with my safety, right? Each one of those opportunities is the choice into like, what do I do about it, right? Do I, did I hop on my own horse and have a sword, which is what I did with your parents, right? Or do I continue to feel disempowered, right? And those are the two things. And so for the first, you know, 20 years or 30, uh, 23 years of our marriage, 23 years of our time together, it's basically those. Until the awareness comes, is basically I'm playing the victim or I'm on my horse yelling at you for, for being an asshole and not defending me. Do you know what I mean? So it's, right. or, or regardless of, regardless of if, whether I'm on the horse or if I'm feeling disempowered, I'm angry at you no matter what. 
Right. Because you know, your goal there is to prove to me that there is no safety that I can reach from someone else, right? Yeah. So that yeah. the resentment is there as a status quo. And then the only difference is where am I? Am I crying over here because I'm disempowered, but I would never, never let myself do that. Or if I'm on the horse right. with the sword. And, I, and it's literally the exact same story. Just again, replace. Disempowerment with safety. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. And so the relationship cannot exist for me in any other atmosphere if that is what my karmic life or my pain body is extrapolating this to be. Right. As long as I'm in my life feeling unsafe, the only thing that I can get from you is that uh, resentment from not, not being there for me, not making me feel safe, which is, right? Like, so again, logically, this makes no sense, right? but it, it, it propagates itself from the core. Right. And think about how, how beautiful a relationship could be if all that is released and you don't have to, you know, you release the, the need to be all the way this side or all the way that side and, the, and the, all the resentment that comes along with both of those. Both people can, both people can do that. Think about, and not just hey, this, you know. Are any you trying to sell me on our relationship? Maybe. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe. I'll turn on my 9 p.m. podcast. Voice. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, but beyond that, you could have that relationship with, with anybody and anything in the whole world. No, but all of your relationships, all of my relationships are there at the core. The deep type of relationships are there to prove to me that I will not feel safe from this being or the other being and how I'm going to resent them for it. Right. Like, at the core, if that is the pain body that I need to exercise out, you know, then that would be the only thing that I am able to see in anything and everywhere. Right. And until you Choose exercise, not like, yeah, I, I, exercise I use the that demon. Word. Yeah, I use that word. Exercise it out. Yeah. yeah. Right. So there's that active, the awareness allows you to see through it so then the choice can be made of what this relationship can be yeah. without the 99.999% of the labels that you have placed on all of your relationships before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So when people are saying like, when you finally let go of something, all of a sudden everything shifts and all the relationship changed because you're not coming at it with from the point of that disempowered, I, I, not even disempowered on your end, but like on my end too, right? Disempowerment and safety in your end, disempowered and love and, and validation. Yeah. I mean, it, being aware of it allows you to identify it and and process it and and begin to release it, and that opens up the possibility of real relationships. Yeah. And it, right. I mean, and not just not just this one, but relationship with with anyone or anything becomes much more honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the the I mean the truth. You know, that's going to be hard to admit, but he was not honest before that. Right. No, it, that was that was also really hard to admit that that I had been approaching, the, I guess both of us, but I know I had been approaching the relationship in a, in a way that, yeah, was, was dishonest. But like admitting to that with you somehow hits back your pain body yeah. of like you've been not being good enough or you're not, yeah, not yeah. doing no, your, it, do you know it, what I mean? It really did. That, it was that, to that, you, because the that pain body is still active. Really, 
it didn't destroy me in the same way, but it was it was really hard to accept that that because I I had this like a uh, I had a big attachment to what I thought our relationship was, and so accepting that meant releasing that attachment, which to me meant the death of my idea of our relationship. Oh, it meant the death of you. Uh, by extension, yeah, to a to a lesser degree, because that was, I think, after. If so, that, if but, somebody does not want to see the relationship for the bullshit that it is, right? In your in your case, is because you're not allowing yourself to see the pain that lies behind the block that you placed as the idea of this relationship. Because the second you admit that this relationship is shit, has always been shit, and has been untruthful, not maliciously, but subconsciously, then you have to go behind it and go, why? And the why is where the pain is. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I see that. I mean, the why is is where like, oh, because I feel devalued, or because I feel unloved. Right. Like, the second you release the the fake construct of something, right, the reason why you would never admit to something or somebody would never admit to something being crap is because they have to go deep behind it and go, why is it crap? And yes. the, the why hurts because... Yeah, the, the why is crap because... There's you at the core usually there. Usually it's because I feel like crap, because I feel unloved unacknowledged, un it disempowered, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Yeah. So the ag- admitting to something, right? Like the, the, the I mean this is as simple as like the an alcoholics anonymous. Step one of curing your alcoholism is admitting to the fact that you're an alcoholic, right? Right. The why that's so hard is because the second you admit to something being wrong, there's you have to go back into yourself and start doing self-discovery. Nobody wants to go there. Right. No, it's hard. It's there's a block there. You yeah. you no, have there, created there is, there a is block. Very much a resistance. I felt very strong resistance to admitting that. Admitting that our entire relationship was deeply flawed. Yeah. And that's, that's like, and that's a polite way to put it too. Yeah, but that's like alcoholics anonymous story of like admitting yeah. to the fact that you're an alcoholic. Yeah. Admitting to something being something is, until you admit to something being what it is, or maybe what it is not. Right. But that's that's a. Uh, I mean, we could do a whole, a whole episode on like acceptance, but like, you don't have you this. You just have to accept it. You don't have to like it. You don't have to condone it. But you but you do have to accept it because it is just a fact of. The universe. You don't have to like the whatever the the war going on, but you do have to accept that there is a war going on. That doesn't mean you approve of it or disapprove or or endorse it or don't. It's but it, but I I had a hard time even accepting that our entire relationship was was. Uh, just just built on, you know, my pain body and your pain body <laughs> fighting it out over over the decades. Yeah. And that, I wrote down that in the acceptance, 
you can allow the change to take place. Yes, but you can't unless you accept it. If you yeah. don't accept something, you can't, you can't, you can never change it. Yeah. But yeah, that that's the thing is that acceptance will allow you, it will open the door into possibility for change. Not because something is good versus bad, just possibility of it being truth. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we can address that. If like if nothing else comes, I know sometimes things come up and we like plan on addressing this in the next episode, yeah. but then like things cut in. But in one episode, we should address that. Is that acceptance and what it allows yeah. you to do? Yeah. So yeah, there's that. There's that. Yes, this would be the wrap. Wrap it up. Thank you for listening. Thanks a bunch. <laughs>